I was walking around Harlem, USA the other day. Wasn't especially warm, but you know, you got to do it sometime, right? Does anything feel more ominous than seeing five police cars by the dollar store? Five police cars with sirens at the dollar store. I would love to know what happened in that dollar store because I kept it the fuck moving. Like that, that, that just that was not something for my own inquiry, like to get to the bottom of. But I saw that, and I'm like, man, is somebody try to set it off at the dollar store? Like, is this where we are? Is this the place that we have reached? And uh, this whole scenario, like, look, man, I was thinking about this. Like, we now at, like, the 10-month mark of this whole thing. And I got to say, those of you who have managed to maintain your employment in these times, because I understand that not everybody has had that luxury, right? With those of you who have maintained your employment through these times. I don't know about you, man, but I'm, I I have saved quite a bit of money in this time period. Like, I'm sure it's taking a great toll, like, on my livelihood and everything else, but uh, I've been, I've been cutting the expenses in this. Like, I ain't buying them shoes no more. I ain't had to buy no suits for TV. Uh, there's a whole lot of things. You go back and look at, like, look at some end of year statements because we're coming around time to highlight that tax man. You go look at some of them end of year statements. You're going to be like, damn, dog. Like, I'm saving some bread out here. Yeah. And then this thing going to open back up and we're going to blow that shit so fast. I am afraid to see what they're going to do to the price of airplane tickets when we get out from under this. Terrified to see what they're going to do to the price of airplane tickets. Once we come out from under this. Because, yo, people, man, shit, they thirsty as it is. They going to be extra thirsty by then. They going to be hitting y'all, ho- they going to be hitting us up so hard for these hotel rooms, all of this stuff. And let me tell you who I think is going to get, like, the real big money. It's going to be, like, them, them super ex- exotic joints, right? Because people, you know, you get people like, yo, I've always wanted to go to the Maldives, right? They haven't gone to the Maldives, but they've always wanted to go to the Maldives. It's not exactly the most convenient, you know, to get there, so forth and so on. Like, them Far East vacations and stuff like that. Is that still a politically correct term? Did I, did I straddle the line by saying Far East? I really don't know what to call it. Like, Asia is not specific enough. But you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, um, people going to be making those trips. They're going to be like, yo, I ain't left the crib in how long? They're going to step this all the way up. This dude Jose in the chat talking about I might reconsider first class. You must be out of your goddamn mind. No, that, that change has happened. Period. The last thing you about to see me doing after the pandemic is sitting in the back of the plane with y'all. You must be high. Uh-uh. Never again. Never again. And the problem isn't that it's y'all at the back of the plane. Is that it's so many of y'all at the back of the plane. And it interferes with my leg room. <laughs> Go back. Wow. I got to tell you, all the bougie come back. Like, the bougie, I don't... I mean, again, a lot of you guys have been following me for a very long time in this context. I think, like, 
2021. It's like the 10th year of the Evening Jones. We've been doing this for a while. You have followed me through my travels. You know how I am. Um, it is by and large, look, homie, I done came up and I ain't changed. And I have not changed. I just got more money. And so I ain't sitting at the back of the plane no more. But it's still me, you dig. You understand what I'm saying. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. It's a bunch of them. I wonder if any of them are good. Oh, here we go. The dude still on the lectern at the Capitol was hella random. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen somebody walking with that was obviously stolen? Um, I don't really have a great story for you about somebody walking with something that was obviously stolen, but I can tell you about somebody stealing. So I went to high school with this dude, and in retrospect, I would have to say that he he was a kleptomaniac. And... The reason that I can like confidently say at this point in my life that he's a kleptomaniac is because he was telling me about how he enjoys liberating things. Like that was the term that he used. He called it liberating. And that's how you know he's crazy, right? Like, I mean, not understand we got to stop talking like that. I apologize. But you get the point that I'm making here. Like, he was calling stealing liberation, and that, to me, implies a diagnosable condition. Is that a more appropriate way to put it? I'm being this. Okay. So anyway, he was telling me about different things that he had liberated, and he told me a couple of them. And the couple that he told me, I have forgotten. But the one that I'll never forget is that he said he once stole, excuse me, liberated a chair from Jack in the Box. You heard me, right? He liberated a chair from Jack in the Box. Now, I used to run with a different kleptomaniac uh, when I was in college. And, I mean, that dude was still just, like, a little bit of everything. It was amazing just, like, how his default assumption on everything was just basically, how could I steal this? Which I have to admit that when you're in college, you know, those savings are appreciated. But I think it was the time that I saw him at a Walmart open up, um, like, the economy-sized box of condoms And with one hand, like, it was on the shelf. And with one hand, he, like, opened it. And then got his hand in and got his finger on one of them. And then just started pulling them down his sleeve. Like, it was like a snake was just going down his sleeve. And then he just walked out of there with a sleeve full of prophylactics. He was just about that life. He figured out very early, if you just act like you're supposed to be there, nobody will ask any questions. Appreciate the question, though. Let's see what else you got here. I thought we all knew not to wear your work clothes when committing crimes, right? Yeah, um... 
so here's my thought about that. Because you're absolutely correct. And like you got to remember also in this, I'm a black person who attended an HBCU, right? And white man always got us all concerned about how we making everybody look in front of people. You know, like I remember when one of my homeboys was online, how what a big deal it was that like after they crossed, like, if you're going to go to a place that you kind of sort of not supposed to be at, not to wear the colors of the fraternity and all that stuff. Like, it makes sense. We're always, like, concerned. We're representing um, in those ways. And one of them dudes showed up at the Capitol. Buddy had on his jacket that he got for going to the Olympics. The Olympics. He wore that jacket there. Like, I imagine. It ain't like he went to the Olympics, you know, three months ago. I imagine he has other jackets. He wore that jacket to run up in the Capitol, which, of course, made it very easy to identify him. And at last check, he has, in fact, been arrested. But he wore that joint up in there. And so you're asking, I thought we all knew not to wear your work clothes when committing crimes. Here's what seems to be the case about a significant number of those people. They didn't look at it as though they were going to commit crimes. They were going to their own house. Like, that's how they saw it. They did, they, they did not at all think we're kind of doing something wrong here. Let me tell you something. Generally speaking, when you bust down the door or something, you know you're doing something wrong. And if people like know they doing something wrong and they busted down the door or something, they typically gonna go in there and like, granted, there was some hell raises in there, but all those people that was just kind of strolling around when they got in there, no, man, they'd be in there. It'd have been a little more rancorous. It was fairly rancorous as it was, but it'd have been a little bit more rancorous. No, man, that privilege was just dripping off them. They They was not looking at this as though they did anything wrong. Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, man, I was about to say I don't do this very much, but I am generally very honest with you. But there are typically some limitations to like where I'll go with the honesty or whatever. But y'all know me. You understand what I'm saying. I have to say, I haven't like really found myself like truly on edge about like pandemic stuff. I didn't really find myself in that place like going toward the election or whatever. Um, I don't know if it's just massive self-absorption or whatever, but yeah, the world outside is on fire, but the world's always been on fire for somebody in some way or another. And we just kept on going. Like it doesn't really, it typically doesn't really like affect me, but I do have to say this last week after them jokers ran up in that Capitol and we started getting more information about that. This is a little bit nerve wracking. Like this is, I'm not sure what's about to happen next. Like this one this one throws a different monkey wrench of uncertainty into life that's been a little, a little stressful. I do have to say, just a little stressful. Let me tell you something, my peep. I just want to make this point. I want people to just think about this for a second because I think that this is very interesting. So um, they have installed, like they're putting in the metal detectors for people coming into, into the Capitol, like, you know, Congress people and stuff like that. And it's a couple of Congress people who keep their tool. Um, they keep, they keep, uh, how Vince Stables put it, uh, keep that, keep it on me, keep that, keep it on me, on me, you know? Um, anyway, 
And I know there's this one woman, uh, she liked to bring her tool to work. And they stopped her. Or like she tried to put her bag around the metal detector and then they checked it and they're like, nah, you can't bring the tool in. And she made a big deal about the fact that she can't bring the tool in and people start like, you know, acting like this is, this is, uh, you know, all kinds of hyperbolic things about the fact that they can't bring their tool with them to work. Um, Now, generally speaking, I would make the argument of, so I was hanging out with one of my homeboys in Atlanta. We was about to make a run and he's like, yo, Hold on, I got to go uh, get my package. And so he goes and he comes back and he's got this case. And just because, of course, like he flip it open so that I can see it. And he got the nine in there and he explains to me that uh, he has a cop killer at the top, a cop killer at the bottom, and hollow tips all the way in between. And I'm looking at him like, Bruh, we're going to the Buffalo Wild Wings at Cumberland Mall. Like, I think we're going to be all right. I don't, I don't, I just don't feel like, unless something has drastically changed since the last time I went, I just didn't feel like we was really in such a treacherous situation where we needed to be doing all that, right? And so generally speaking, I would say the same thing about going to the Capitol. That, like, if you feel like you need your tool at the Capitol, I think you need to get a grip. I don't really feel like you got like so many things to worry about in that place. But of course, what happened last week happened last week. But, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. If I miss somebody saying this, you let me know. But the people that seem to be upset that they can't bring their tool with them because they got to go through the metal detector at the Capitol, you know, they Congress people. It didn't appear that a single one of them was making the argument that they needed to bring their gun just in case some crazy people tried to bum rush the chamber. Like, you realize that, right? Like, if you wanted to make the argument that you should be able to have your thing on you when you go into the chamber, the easiest argument in the world that you could make is that we just got bum rushed and I wanted to be prepared. That is not an argument that these people oppose. Not a one. Because it don't sound like the ones that was trying to bring that thing up in there would have been shooting at the people that was trying to bum rush. Think about that for a second. Like, think about how wild that is. Because let me tell you something about them people that bum rushed that chamber, okay? I understand that some of them were very, like, well-versed and aware of who was whom. I think they had some, like, very specific people that they were looking for, you know, when they was running up in there. But I don't know about you, but I was watching when they was doing the little impeachment vote, and I saw a whole lot of names that I had never been able to place to, a, to put to a face before. I don't know who these people are. Like, some of them was kind of doing the dead giveaway with the stuff that they had on their mask. Like, you could understand what side they was on, right? Like, okay, you with the Black Lives Matter mask. Okay, I know what team you on, right? You over here with the Texas flag. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. I see, I see you. I see you. You know what I mean? Like, some people were definitely giving signals. But otherwise, I feel like most of them jokers would have been in there flying blind trying to figure out what team people want. But anyway, to your original point, no, I would not wear things with like easy identifying markers if I had planned to go somewhere and raise a ruckus. They apparently were like, what was his name? Was it Chad on Killing Him Softly? 
I'm sorry. I didn't know I couldn't. I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. You hear about the judge who ordered the correctional facility to give the rider with the horns an organic meal after his mother complained. Um, I did see that. Apparently, he only eats organic food, and so they need to make sure that he gets organic food. And so the judge has said that he is going to get his organic food. And I understand for a number of reasons why people are in a bit of a tizzy about the fact that this guy is going to get his organic food, uh, in part because he seems like such a buster, and also because this seems the team with white privilege. Um, and I absolutely think there's an argument to me, obviously an argument to be made, that like, this is a white dude, this is how this, this, how this thing goes, these are things that happen for white people, so forth and so on. I'm assuming he comes from some kind of money, he probably got a pretty good lawyer, all of that stuff. That is why this dude is going to have his access to organic food. Except, how he gonna know? Like the standards about what is and is not organic. Like that, that that's that gets a little amorphous. They don't. I like to buy organic stuff. Fully recognize the possibility that I'm being lied to. I know that from top to bottom. Top to bottom. So that dude, yeah, he gonna be in there in that jail. He got, he got there. We gonna get him his organic food, and he's gonna be like, "Wow, what is this? Organic bologna? How you like that?" How you like that? Or that organic food gonna get lost in transit that they trying to get to him. In the meantime, how'd you like a bowl of piping hot gruel? I don't even know if they serve gruel in jail. Who knows? I probably shouldn't say this out loud. Somebody going to consider it and put it in a bill. Like, yeah, making me gruel. Bread, water, and gruel. Yeah, gruel. But anyway, buddy going to eat that gruel if they ain't had nothing else in a couple of days because they can't find no more of his organic. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Is it weird all the women on social media worshiping Lori Harvey simply just for dating? Now, I'm sure you guys recognize that I am far too smart to answer the question as it has been presented. What in the world do you think I'm going to get from giving an answer to is it weird all the women on social media worshiping Lori Harvey for simply just dating, right? And I feel like in a lot of ways, it's not my place to speak. I also feel in a lot of ways, though, that there is a measure of projection that's going on here. Like, I saw a retweet that was floating around that was like, she's doing what you should do in your 20s, date people you like, and move on when they start acting goofy or when they no longer serve you. And I'm trying to figure out how such behavior would be limited to your 20s. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I guess. Uh, there is a measure of projection. But 
I did this. I don't know if any of you have ever done this, okay? I realized that I don't know anything about Lori Harvey other than she winds up dating famous dudes and that Steve Harvey is her daddy. Those are the only two things that I know about her. So I decided I would look her up in the Wikipedia to perhaps find out more things about Lori Harvey. Lori Harvey does not have a Wikipedia page. I don't know about you, but I found that to be like, wow, really? Nobody has put up a Wikipedia page about her, okay? That is not to say that Lori Harvey don't be doing nothing. But it's a bunch of people with Wikipedia pages. Like, she might be the most famous person I can think of that does not have a Wikipedia page. Like, the people that are into her are not trying to read nothing about her. They just coming to look. That's it. They coming to look. Like, I don't know what kind of work she do. Does she do some kind of work? I have no idea. Does she do any acting? Right? I, I, I really have no idea how it is that she is living. No idea. But I was stunned that she did not have a Wikipedia page. That 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 threw me very, very much so. But I don't really know nothing about her whatsoever. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Man, this dude wanted to ask that question about the judge so bad he asked it like five fucking times. The Evo's creative team missed the opportunity of having Kamala Harris flex on us for the cover. Uh, so I have, because I saw that people did not like the cover, I didn't care enough to ask people questions about what exactly they did not like. For uh, about the cover that they did with her or what, you know, I understand the Kamala's people said that they wanted to use a different image. Vogue had the one that they wanted to use and it got the thing about how Vogue should have respected her wishes, which I actually don't agree with. Um, it's not re- like you don't get to edit our magazine. I don't. This is what I was trying to figure out. What would have been appropriate for the vice president of the United States to wear or be photographed in on the cover of a fashion magazine. Like to me, that seems like a real tricky needle to thread in terms of like getting this right. Especially if you decide that like, was was the whole plan going to be that you had her like in the blazer jeans and chucks? Like, was that just what it was going to be? Like, is that what the problem was? Like, I really couldn't fully tell. I saw people didn't like the picture. I couldn't even fully tell what the problem was. I, I, I really, really did not. Like, people were charged up about it. And my thought was, like, so when I did that, uh, that article with, v, with GQ and they did a photo shoot, GQ hit me and was like, yo, um, why don't you bring some T-shirts? You know, because that was after that thing with the T-shirt. We like to see your T-shirts. And I'm like, why in the world do you think that I'm going to let – GQ photographed me in t-shirts. No, I got a stylist. We figured out some looks. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't know if people didn't like the look that she had. Like, I just, I was, I was thrown in a whole number of ways is that I just didn't know what it was that people wanted from it. But I also didn't know 
if there was really like how much winning was possible in the overlap of the person, the setting, what you could or could not do, how you could or could not make it look. You know, like I couldn't think about like having Obama on the cover of GQ, for example. He just going to be wearing one of them president suits. Like that was my thought. Um, but eh, I guess I don't give a damn about Vogue. So how they made her look on Vogue ain't nothing to me. But I do understand for some other people it's probably a much bigger thing. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Has anyone attempted to fire you from a job more than one time? I mean, I tried to fire me from a job more than one time. I used to work at the Gap. I tried to quit, and for some reason, they loved me so much, they wouldn't let me quit. They just gave me a more minimal schedule, and then I quit again. And then I came back, like, the next summer because I had got a speeding ticket, and I needed to pay it off. So I came back and worked for like a month. Yeah, as close as I got. All right, appreciate the question. Let me, oof. Here talking about when am I getting TikTok, dude? I'm 40 years old, man. Y'all can have that. I I don't find you guys that interesting. Number one, and number two, that is not really my idea of a good time, like participating in those things. But no, I the last thing I need in my life is more access to the shitty content that y'all put on the internet. Like, that's just how I, f- I think I've talked about this before, but this is how I feel more and more about the various uh, platforms. And maybe it's in part because I create content, right? So as somebody who creates content, I see the content that y'all put out there, and y'all stink at it, by and large. Like, overwhelmingly, you guys stink at it. It's not your fault. You know, you're doing the best that you can, and your audience is basically primarily your friends, so I understand why it is that you do it. But you guys stink, and that's before we start getting into the desperation for all this attention that is clearly being reflected by the social media stuff. Um, anyway, like... TikTok is, of all the platforms, like Instagram morphed into a look-at-me sort of platform. It wasn't always that, but it morphed into that. I feel like TikTok is just from the very beginning. It's just, look at me do this thing. That's it. And the last thing in this world that I want is, like, more people looking at me, especially in the course of something that is not going to get me paid. You will not see me jumping on TikTok. And as I understand it, they be all up in your data. Like everybody be all up in your data, I understand. But I understand they be all up in your data. All up in your data. No thanks. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Do you think 1-6 will ever be as synonymous as 9-11? I don't see it. Of course, it never will be. No, it has no chance of being synonymous. And the reason it has no chance of being synonymous to 
nothing that happens domestically is ever like really going to have a chance to be something like nine eleven because with nine eleven, oh, I want to say everybody had the same enemy, but that's going too far. White people definitely all had the same enemy. With uh, January sixth, it's clearly a split. And that stops it from being that because 9-11 basically means the same thing to all Americans. January 6th is going to ultimately mean two different things to two different groups of people. Wow, we've been moving. It's only been 30 minutes, huh? Let's see what else we got here. Would you snitch if you recognize someone in the FBI photos? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually, let me think about that. Oh, you mean like the FBI photos of the people running up in the Capitol? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, I don't, you know, I would think about snitching. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to snitching, but I really don't know how much work I'd put into snitching. Like, am I really about to Google it and find the FBI phone number? Like, do I want to be on the phone with the FBI? I don't I don't I don't know if that's something that I want to do, but I would definitely think to call somebody who also knew the person whom I recognized from the footage. And I'm sure that if I tried hard enough without being too obvious about it through some form of manipulation, I'm sure I could get that person to make the call. They, were they offering rewards, by the way? Like, I do want to say this about y'all. Like, I, the internet sleuths are amazing. I've seen them do incredible work over the course of time. But I am here to tell y'all right now, all y'all with this internet sleuthing, um, y'all are about to make the reward money extinct because y'all be out here giving the milk away for free, solving and figuring out who these people are and distributing it in them places. Hey, man, can't nobody get no money off the man going to tell them stuff if y'all going to be out here, like, like being gumshoes. Hadn't thought about that, had you? Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Is the no experience required experiment for presidential candidates now over? Dude, 74 million people voted for Trump. More people voted for Trump second time than voted for the first time. They clearly don't care about that, or at least there's a number of people who don't care about that. And I get it. People do not vote for president truly based on policies, right? They don't typically do it based on something intellectual. They do it based on what they feel. Feel is what makes people go vote. Feel is what makes people go organize. Feel is the thing that determines it. And Trump made people feel him. Whether you like it or not, that part is indisputable. And that's what got him through. Those people who rock with Trump are not like, you know, I really wish we had gotten somebody that was more refined. They clearly don't care about that. So now there'll be another no experience, but... If you think that Trump was a problem, the problem wasn't about experience. I feel like we could all agree upon that. Like, it's not like if Trump had a little more time on the job that you'd be like, yo, now that he's had, you know, gotten, gotten, gotten a little more under his belt, 
I think he'll be all right. No, nah, I, I, I doubt that you think that's going to be the thing to solve the problem. I could be wrong, but I feel fairly confident saying that that wouldn't be it. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Lance, there's some duplicate questions I need you to clean out of there. If you had actually gotten into the Capitol, would you have taken something better than a podium? What do you think there was to take? Like, from what I can tell in the Capitol, looking around there, most of the things that, like, the coolest stuff looks really heavy. Like, what do you think you're about to do? Roll up a dolly and take out a statue? Like, what do you, th what do you think that you're about to lift out of the Capitol? Honestly, that's better than a podium. Because that would have been pretty cool if there weren't all these cameras and people taking pictures and shit. Somebody talk about the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, you go ahead and steal the Declaration of Independence and see how that goes. Yeah, you like. Yeah, like if if that's what you need to feel like you got your money's worth, you won't make it to court. Just so you know, you won't make it to court. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Does the social media slash corporate Trump backlash or is it a... I don't even know what your fucking question is. Sorry about that. Although it is funny, do you ever find the style of humor on Twitter to be exhausting? Well, it depends on what you mean. I mean, there's a lot of different types of humor. Some of it is still like... Very, very good. But see, here's what Twitter allows you to do. This is the thing on Twitter. Everybody likes the feeling of making the whole room laugh. Like, I think we could all agree upon that, right? Like, making the whole room laugh feels really, really good. And Twitter allows us all the opportunity to make the room laugh with, 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 it's like bowling with bumpers. Because if it doesn't make nobody laugh, then people just don't laugh. Like, by and large, they just keep it moving. Unless they've decided that you're toxic or offensive or something like that, or you're a famous person, that's not funny. Right? But overwhelmingly, you say something, it's not funny. People just keep on moving and they go. But if you land it, everybody laughs at you. And so that's the reason why everybody on Twitter, like, yo, it's jokes. They're not telling jokes just because they intrinsically like the jokes. It's because everybody is looking to be the person to make the whole room laugh. And when everybody gets to take the chance to make the whole room laugh, and there's no risk of not making the room laugh, then you're going to have too many people who aren't actually good at it trying to make the whole room laugh. And that part can get a little bit exhausting, right? But hey, man, funny, funny.
All right, did the best I could. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to do this thing here about once a week. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, remember, if you cannot watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at Google Podcasts. And you can now check us out on Spotify. Subscribe. All that stuff. Take it easy. The Evening Jones is an old soul production. Creative direction and design is provided by Kareem Gilliam for Oh My's Creative Design.